Well, welcome, Lawson listeners. This is January 30th, 2022, and it is the last Sunday in our series, and we are going to be dealing with a sermon called Walking in the Spirit Today. It's from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and following. May God bless you, Jesus. Well, I don't know about you, but I see the sun rising up in the mornings, and it warms my heart. Amen. Although somebody told me today that we're in for some cold weather, so you might be yet waiting and wanting to be down south a little bit. A few people from our our church have gone down south, and that's okay. I'm going to be talking about a place down south in just a second here, a place called Sin City. Have you heard about it? Yeah? Las Vegas, Nevada. Now, I've never been. I don't really care to go. There's about a thousand other places I'd love to explore before I ever go there. Uh, But I wouldn't mind the plus 20 temperatures that are there right now, would you? Yeah, I think we'd all like that. But you know what? Sin City is a fitting place for a unique restaurant called the Heart Attack Cafe. Has anybody ever heard of it? Has anybody ever been in it? Nobody's wanting to admit it, right? (laughs) It's a burger place, actually, where, and I don't know if you can read the front door signs there, but their motto has been fighting anorexia since 2005. That's quite a motto, isn't it? And on another one of the signs on the front door, it says, cash only, because you might die before the check clears. You'll see why in a second. When you walk in, nurses put a hospital gown on you, and they weigh you before you eat. It's quite the environment. When you, I've never been there, this is just what I've read. When you place your order, you have a choice of burgers. You have to choose between the the single bypass burger, the double bypass, uh, the triple bypass, quadruple bypass. And up until recently, the quadruple bypass used to be its biggest burger, but they've introduced a new one. It's called the octuple bypass burger. (laughs) It is eight half-pound patties... On that burger, there are eight pieces of cheese, there are 40 slices of bacon, there's chili, and of course, any condiment you want on top of it, mustard, relish, ketchup, tomatoes, lettuce, you name it. That's over five pounds of meat on that plate, and it's over 20,000 calories. For comparison's sake, the McDonald's Big Mac, anybody know how, how big that is in calories? 500 calories. So that, that's significantly more. The milkshakes are made with butter and lard and you name it. It's just everything is fried in lard, in fact. The buns and everything. The, and it, it, but doesn't it look delicious? What guy wouldn't want that burger right about now, right? By the way, if you weigh in at 350 pounds or more, you eat for free at this restaurant. In Canadian, in Canadian dollars, that burger there is over $35. And if you can eat it, it's also a month off your life, but who's saying, right? And if you can eat it, you get a free t-shirt and you get pushed out to your car in a wheelchair. If you fail to eat it, you, a nurse will spank you in front of everyone in the restaurant. It's Sin City after all, isn't it? Yeah. I had a friend who was a real health nut. He died a couple years ago, but he loved going to Vegas, and he loved going up to this restaurant, and he would go in up to the window, and he would wag his finger at everyone in the restaurant trying to shame them. Well, the Apostle Paul gave us a bit of a finger wag last week, didn't he? 
when he said in, in uh, Galatians 5, verses 18 to 19, but if you are led by the Spirit, you will not gratify, you will not, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Uh, Gluttony isn't in that list, but it's in others, I'm sure. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. We explored all that last week. Now, I don't know if going to the heart attack cafe is a sin, but as I said, gluttony is surely one of the seven deadly sins. And Paul defines sin for us last week this way. Galatians 5, 16 to 18. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit. So sin is anything that is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Today, we conclude our little series in Galatians 5 by looking at what the Spirit now desires. For us, and what we should desire if we're walking in the Spirit. Galatians 5. So I want to read the whole chapter just to kind of conclude well to bring us all up to the same page, if we could. Because some of us aren't able to be here each week, but this will help us to kind of put everything into context. Galatians 5, verse 1 and following. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that you, uh, if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will have no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You are trying to be justified by the law, uh, have been alienated uh, from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. So who cut you off to to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you, namely God, Yahweh, A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I'm confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, the Judaizers, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk in the Spirit, And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. 
If you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discourse, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So, here we go to wrap up. Point number one for today. You are what you eat. You are what you eat. Galatians 5, to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Have you heard that old saying, you are what you eat? Yeah, a few of you have. Yeah, it's true, and it's true spiritually as well as physically. Look at each of these qualities, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It, it, it's, it's become kind of fashionable these days to, to have a gratitude journal. Anyone have a gratitude journal? It's a good thing if you do. Anyone? No? It's really fashionable. Just go to Indigo Books and ask for a, a gratitude journal, and they'll show you dozens of them that you can choose from. To review your day, uh, it, it's, a, it's a really good tool to review your day and to record where and when you were grateful. The idea behind it is if you know where you're going to be evaluated at the end of the day, such as in the area of gratitude, you will become more mindful of being grateful during the day. And, and that mindfulness then conditions your brain to act more grateful through the day and in your interactions with other people. It's kind of like we said last week. Information does not naturally translate into transformation. Knowing that you should be more grateful, a more grateful person, even wanting to be more grateful, won't make you a more grateful person unless you do something to build that intention into an activity throughout your day. You've got to not only hear about gratefulness, but do it, right? Like journaling, your gratitude uh, journal will help you to kind of level up every day, and, and it, it grows, and it helps you to develop in that particular quality. It works. There's real science behind it. So what would it look like for a believer to keep something like a fruit of the Spirit journal? where you evaluate how well you're doing each day in these qualities. Really, it would be a wise exercise, I think, to add to your devotions or to your quiet time. Many people wonder, what do you do in a quiet time? What what do you pray about for so long? How do you do that? Well, this would be a perfect conversation that you could have with Holy Spirit in order to build the qualities of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Just asking, Holy Spirit, what... What do I do today? How am I doing in the area of loving my neighbor as myself? How am I doing in the area of joy? Do I have the joy of the Lord in me? Do others see that? 
What about in the area of patience and and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? Holy Spirit, how am I doing in these fruit? Because I want to exemplify Christ in all that I do. It'd be a great conversation for you to have. Why is that important? To be mindful of this throughout our days? Well, this thing up here. It's called My Life Network. These people mean something to you, don't they? These are people that are affected by how you interact with them every single day. For some of them, you might be the only person they know who can show them what it's like to walk with God. Are you a living, breathing, walking example of the transforming work of the Spirit in your life? Or not? Interacting with you They get to see, the people in your life network, they get to see what's possible with God. What it's like to not be enslaved by the desires of the flesh. What it's like not to be controlled by the ways of the world. And isn't it better for them to see the fruit of the Spirit, for instance, than the laws of the Old Covenant? Right? Verse 23, against such things, against the fruit of the Spirit, there is no law. It's better to to display those things than the rules of religion. In all your life network, if, if they can see, if all they can see out of you is how rules work, are they going to want the gospel that you're trying to share with them? No. And you may have been told that at some point. But if they see fruit... If they see the fruit of the Spirit, like these fruit here in Galatians 5, they're going to see life and freedom out of you, aren't they? And and that's going to be more attractive, that's going to be more compelling than rules. So, you really are what you eat, even spiritually. And the same is true for those in your life network. What are they feeding off of you? What are you giving them to eat daily? Their impression of Jesus is really the product of what you're feeding on and what you're feeding them. Feed them the qualities of freedom and not rules, the rules of religion, and then they will pay attention to the gospel you want to share with them. Number two, bearing spirit fruit is about how you see yourself belonging to Jesus. Bearing spirit fruit is about how you see yourself Belonging to Jesus. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. We talked about this a bit last week. First of all, who do you belong to? Who do you belong to? That really needs to be a daily question answered. Biblically, we know that it's possible to believe in Jesus but still not belong to him. Our our men's Bible study on Thursday night talked about this as we were in John chapter 6. See, ownership means everything. Notice the cause and effect result of belonging to Jesus, verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have what? Crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Has your sinful nature been crucified? Has it been crucified with Christ? Is the old you not just mortally wounded, but is it dead? That's a question of ownership. Look at uh, back a couple of chapters to chapter or, or, uh, to Romans chapter six, verse three. 
Romans chapter 6, verse 3 to 7, Paul says this. He says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with Christ in his death, a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin would be, what? Done away with, dead, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Unfortunately, that's not usually the part of the gospel that we were introduced to before we believed. I don't think I was. You were probably told, like me, that Jesus died on the cross for you. But you probably weren't told that you would die on that cross with Jesus. I don't know if you were told that. And as a result, who you belong to has maybe been up in the air ever since. And that is the number one reason why I think a lot of people who fall away from the Lord fall away. Did you become a Christian believing that Jesus belonged to you? If so, then it's likely that you find yourself often competing with Jesus for who will be Lord of your life. You or Jesus. Before believing, you were the Lord of your old life the old nature, the old you. You could give in to those urges of the old nature. No worries. But believing in Jesus means Jesus is now your Lord. You belong to him. He is now Lord of your new life, your new nature, the new you. You're new, and it's because of him. But that's because you belong to him now. And if that's how it is with you, since you believed... The other way, if you haven't really uh, settled the whole aspect of belonging, then it's quite likely that you're not free yet in many areas of your life. Go back to Galatians. Let's look at chapter 4, verse 4 to 7. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. See, the old you was a slave to sin, right? Then the new you is now a child of God, an adopted Son. In ancient Near Eastern cultures, way before Jesus even came on the scene, the heir of the family estate was the firstborn son. The inheritance went to the firstborn. That's why it was very important for those old ancient Near Eastern cultures to have boys. And don't get mad at me because that's just the patriarchal system that they all lived in at the time. That was the way it was. But it impacts how we view the gospel because the gospel, the, the, the scriptures come out of that ancient Near Eastern culture. Galatians 3, verse 29. If you belong to Christ, 
then you are Abraham's seed. Abraham, member of father of the faith, and heirs according to the promise. And so picking up on that, that established estate law, the apostles all utilize this adoption to sonship metaphor to explain what happens in you when you believed in Jesus. All this happened when the old you died with Christ. And that's when the Father sent the Holy Spirit into your person to make you not just new, but a new son. Not new son like me, you're, you're your own person, but new. You're a, you're a son of God now. An heir of the family promises. You became a child of God when you believed. And so you now belong to a new family. Isn't that an awesome thought? You belong. And because you, you became an heir of all the blessings that God had promised through Abraham, we all share in that promise together as a family. And that means that all that belong to Jesus, who, is now, who are now in the promise, now together we belong to one another. I know, how is all this possible that we could receive such an adoption to sonship and the promises? Well... No other way to explain it except it's a God thing, right? See, bearing spirit fruit is about how you see yourself belonging to Jesus. Do you belong to Jesus? That's the number one question. Is the old you dead? That's, that's the question. Are you a co-heir with Christ? That's the better answer. If you see yourself like that, like this new child of God, you will forget about the old, dead, sinful nature and all that it craved, and you will finally need and want and crave to produce the fruit of the Spirit through your new life in Christ. That's just how it will supernaturally take place in you. I think we need to repeat our Galatians 5 mantra. We've been repeating it each week, so repeat after me. I am totally free in Christ. Not partially free. Not mostly free. I am totally free in Christ. And let's add this one. Because I totally belong to Christ. That's you, my friends. Belonging to Christ, you are free. And you are a new person. Now, this next part, this next part is over the top cool. Number three. Learn to keep up with your new indwelling life coach. Learn to keep up with your new indwelling life coach. Galatians 5, 25 to 26. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So these are the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the products of walking in the Spirit. But the Spirit is also the means by which we live this new life in Christ. This new Spirit-fruit-producing spirit life. These fruit are His fruit. They're His qualities. And as, Christ, and as children of God, they become our fruit as we live by the Spirit, as we keep in step with the Spirit, moment by moment. So, 
what we're talking about here is a reciprocal relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a person. There is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as part of our unique trinity that we believe in. And when we strive to walk in him, he gives and we grow these fruit in us. And these fruit grow, and as they do, our hunger for them grows more and more and more until we never want to satisfy the cravings of the old sinful nature again. So it's important to your spiritual health, to all of our spiritual health, to figure out how to cooperate better with Holy Spirit, to grow these fruit in us. And the only way to cooperate with someone in a task, what do you need to do? You have to be invested with that person, right? You have to give time to that person. You have to talk to that person. You have to cooperate with that person. In John chapters 14, 15, and 16, Jesus himself gives us an understanding of the Holy Spirit's part in God's holy family, which we are now adopted into, right? Listen to it. John chapter 14. Let's go to verse 25 to 26. All of this I have spoken while still with you. He had just finished talking about obeying his commands. Verse 26. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Friends, the Holy Spirit is meant to be another counselor like Jesus. Or as some other translations describe him, the helper, the advocate, like Jesus. Who would be sent to us after Jesus ascended back to the Father. Holy Spirit is the gift the Father promised all the way back through the, through the, uh, through the prophets. And we call that sending the first sending, Pentecost. And since Pentecost, we call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when Holy Spirit comes to indwell and live within us, when we believe in Christ. That's why I call him the new indwelling life coach. I don't think that belittles him or puts it into any weird vernacular. He was a counselor. He is our helper. He is our advocate. He is our life coach. He is the one who causes us to be part of the family of God. He guides us then, and he coaches us, and he teaches us what it is like to walk with Jesus. Different than how we walk with Jesus, when how the apostles walked with Jesus. But according to Jesus, this new indwelling arrangement and relationship that we have with Holy Spirit is better. It's it's good that I go away, he said in John. The Holy Spirit indwells us and is in us always. That means that he is in the perfect position to be your new life coach. If you don't like life coach, use counselor, guide, advocate, helper, whatever. He is the one who helps us to act like Christ everywhere throughout our life network. He helps the people in our life network to know the transforming power of Christ as they watch the old you become the new you and grow and mature and develop and supernaturally change where you couldn't have had that opportunity before. 
He helps the people in your life network know what it's like to follow God. They watch the fruit of the Spirit become the way you now interact with others, and they go, wow, something's different with this person. It's a transformed life they're looking for. So it's imperative that you get to know Holy Spirit so that you can be guided by him throughout the day as well as learn the desires that he has for you so that you can adopt them as your own because you're part of now the family of God. And as you desire to know Jesus and the Father more and more, get to know Holy Spirit more and more and spend time with him. Learn to pay attention to his voice. Learn to identify it amongst all the other voices in the world so that you can keep up with the new indwelling relationship you have with God. Keep in step with him, as Paul describes it. Isn't that, isn't that far better than trying to keep up with the law? Maybe you've tried to keep up with the law in your life. And it, this, the, the, the spirit is far better. Listen to Galatians 5, 25 to 26. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other, which is the product of living by the law. The law is about rules. The spirit is about relationship. The law keeps you in competition to others, as we just read. Other people in your life network that you care about. It keeps you in bondage to sin, and they see that. The law keeps us its slaves. The Spirit, however, brings partnership and freedom because we are His sons. And isn't that a better way to live? Life in the Spirit is a way better way to live. And the impact on your life network is supernaturally transformational. Love it if every person in the city of Saskatoon, Martinsville, Warman, Olsler saw that in us every day. And that should become the goal of the family. And it is, according to Scripture, the family goal to become more like Christ. And as you manifest the fruit of the Spirit in your life network, you show people the benefits of being part of a different family. And when you cooperate with Holy Spirit, he convicts then and he, can, he inspires the people in your life network to want what you have. To want this new life as well. He's the power behind our evangelism, right? What happens in Acts 1.8 when the Holy Spirit comes? He will give you power to be the witnesses of Christ. And that's why we gather tonight at 6.30 here in this room and online. It'll be offered as live streaming online, but please come here to cooperate with what Holy Spirit wants to do in us, through us, in our cities, in Saskatoon and surrounding area cities that we all live in. He wants us to cooperate with him, to learn to pray with him in the advance of this great gospel of freedom that we have in Jesus. We've been cocooned too long. We need to get together and pray. I hope you'll join us tonight. So, you are what you eat, right? How's your fruit doing these days? Are you enjoying the fruit of the Spirit? Are you growing the fruit of the Spirit? Bearing spirit fruit is all about how you see yourself belonging to Jesus. Who is the Lord of your life today? Jesus did say, apart from me, you can do 
nothing. You will bear no fruit. Number three, learn to keep up with your new indwelling life coach. Holy Spirit is waiting to spend time with you today. Maybe you didn't get up and didn't spend much time uh, other than just getting ready to be here today or to be in front of your TV on the couch participating in this service with us. Maybe you didn't get a chance to really spend time with God today. I encourage you to do that before the night is over. Learn to keep in step with the Spirit every day and change your life by paying attention and keeping in step with Him. Let's repeat our little mantra for this series and then let's pray. I am totally free in Christ. Not partially free. Not mostly free. But I am totally free in Christ. Because I totally belong to Christ. And let's say amen to that. Amen. Father, thank you for this time in your word. Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for your ascension by which you made possible the Holy Spirit coming into this world to change the dynamics of our relationship with God. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you are the inspirer of this word. Thank you, Lord, that you are the one who teaches and guides us every day. Lord, Holy Spirit, I don't know you as much as I want to know you. Help me to crave not just your fruit, but your person. And may the fruit be a byproduct of me knowing you more personally. May that be true for all of us, Lord. Holy Spirit, infuse within our hearts today a craving. A craving so strong for the fruit of the Spirit and for relationship with our triune God that we will no longer crave the desires of the flesh. And thank you, Lord, that we have a day approaching. A day when the Lord Jesus will make all things new. Where he will bring all things to completion. Even our salvation, as full and free as it is today, it will be even fuller and freer on that day. And we look forward to it. Because then we will see God face to face. And we will be able to enjoy that relationship unhindered forever. It won't be on clouds or in mist or in any kind of spirit form. It will be in new resurrected bodies that will be fully capable because they will be glorified like Christ's body to be able to be in the presence of God without being killed. We will be able to be in the presence of God and enjoy you forever. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you provide for us. Help us today, from here on in, to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Amen and hallelujah.